invite you to open your Bibles this morning as you're being seated to 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, verse 9 and 10, and I'll wait just a moment until you get there. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9 and verse 10. But as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed you do it toward all the brethren, which are all in Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. I want you to notice this phrase, that you increase more and more. Paul was not saying that you were not operating in love, but what he's saying now, we want you to bring this love walk to another level, so that you be increasing in the love of the brethren and love for one another. I wonder, is there any room in our lives for a greater love walk? In the book of Galatians, he says that we should, by love, serve one another. Now, I want to bring this verse up in the message translation, if we may. In verse 9 and 10 of 1 Thessalonians, he says, Regarding the life together and getting along with each other, you don't need me to tell you what to do. You are God taught in these matters. Just love one another. You're already good at it. Your friends over all the province of Macedonia are evidence. Then he goes on to say, keep it up, get better and better at it. Is that your goal? Is that your desire? To get better and better at walking in the love of God. When you're walking in love, you are really walking in the Spirit. When you look over at Galatians chapter 5, and he talks about walking in the Spirit and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh, the first fruit of the Spirit that he talks about is the love of God. And so as we're walking in God and walking in the Spirit, we're walking in His love. Amen? Amen. Now look over at John chapter 13, and notice with me in verse 34... And in verse 35, John the 14th chapter, it is a New Testament commandment. It is not something that we uh, uh, have a uh, decision about. It's not something that we can do if we feel like it. It's not a suggestion. In John 13 and verse 34 and the first 35, he said, a new commandment. I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Now, the very word commandment there means that we are ordered of God. We are commanded of God to walk in love. This is not a suggestion. And when the commander in chief gives us an order Guess what? He expects it to be done. He is not just lightly saying a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. He is emphatically giving 
his disciples in giving those who follow him the order of love. Not the kind of love that's conditional. Not the kind of love that is based on feelings. Not the kind of love that is based on the sexual appetites of love. But what he's referring to is the agape kind of love. The agape kind of love is an unconditional love. It is a love that says, I love you no matter what. Amen? Amen? You don't wake up in the morning and say, well, I don't feel married today, therefore I don't have to walk in love. Has anybody ever not feel married before? I think all of us have experienced not feeling married. But aren't you glad we don't have to live by our feelings? We live by, we love by, not by our feelings, but we live by and we love by faith. Amen? Amen? It is an order. It is a commandment. That's an order. It's not something that we fool around with. It's something where the commander-in-chief says, walk in love, our attitude ought to be, yes, sir. Now look over at 1 John chapter 2, and notice with me in verse 5. 1 John 2 and verse 5. 1 John 2 says this, But whoso keepeth his word. Now the word that we're keeping is the commandment of love. The word keepeth there means whosoever does his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected, hereby know we that we are where? That we are in Him. We are in Him. Now keep that verse up there. But that next verse in John 35, John 13, 35 says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Amen? Not by the way you dress. Not even if you go to church. But how is the world going to have evidence that we're his disciples? They're going to know it by the love we have to one another. Amen. 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 And then he goes on to say, if you will be a doer of this commandment, the love of God on the inside of you then is going to be perfected. Now, don't let that word perfected throw you. The word perfected simply means developed. Or another word you could use for the word perfected would be uh, grow to the point of it being cultivated to where you are a mature adult in Christ Jesus. How many of you know that in this walk of love, the practice is going to make perfect? Practice is going to make perfect. You know, I'll catch myself slipping off the love walk. But I'm thankful that the Lord is living on the inside of me and immediately brings it to my attention. Amen? Every one of you have slipped out of love. Every one of you have said things that you shouldn't have said. Or shown wrong attitudes that you should not have shown. Amen? All of us have done that. But thank God we've got someone on the inside who rises up on the inside of us, not to condemn us, but thank God he convicts us. And he does that for our benefit. Because he doesn't want us walking through life full of strife, full of bitterness, 
full of it's about me attitude. He wants us walking through life about him and about others, keeping the commandment of love. And as we do, the Bible says we will not fail. We will not fail. So practice makes perfect. The way that you cultivate this love walk is you start practicing love. You know, Brother Hagen was our spiritual father and really still is. I mean, just because he's in heaven doesn't mean he's not my spiritual dad anymore. He's still my spiritual father. But one of the things that Dad Hagen would uh, give an example of is walking in love. The last message that he preached in downtown Tulsa at the last camp meeting down there was on divine love, walking in the love of God. And so he would encourage the students, and he would encourage the people to walk in love. He said, just start practicing love. Now, Brother Hagen liked to cook some. And so one example he gave is he would cook some eggs. And how many of you know you can mess eggs up when you cook them? Anybody ever messed a sunny-side-up egg before? And so he said he would make a few eggs. He said, but he would always give Aretha the best egg. He'd always give Aretha the best egg. He would always make sure that at the restaurant she got the best cut of meat. That's walking in love. That's practicing the love of God. Thank God the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Now, if you live up here all the time, and if you live in the arena of selfishness, me, myself, and I, you'll take the good egg. And you'll give your mate the bad egg. Or you'll take the best cut of meat. And you'll give your, your wife the not so good cut of meat. But say with me real strong this day, the love of God, it is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. Well, what if you fail to walk in love? Just pick yourself up and keep practicing. You know, I grew up playing basketball, started playing basketball in third grade. And I was a pretty good basketball player. But one thing that our coaches would do is they would run drills. And those drills would be run again and again and again. For what purpose? So that we could become perfected, cultivated, and developed in that skill so that when we got out into the real game, we would be able to execute the way that we should be executing. Amen. Well, in life, you need to practice love. Because practice makes perfect. I just encourage you. To come to church sometimes with a big smile on your face. Or when you walk into the place that you work tomorrow, give someone a good word. Just give someone a word of encouragement. Say, Ma, you look great today. You look so good today. Encourage one another. Love one another. Amen? He said, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. Now look over at John chapter 15, and notice with me in verses 8 through 12. John 15, verses 8 through 12. He said, Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. And then he says, Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, 
even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Now read verse 11 with me if it's up there. Go ahead. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy may be what? Does God want your joy to be full? Does God want you to be happy in life? Now notice the next verse. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So what the Lord is exhorting us in is this, is to live in love. I believe this, that the more that I keep the commandment, I know this for sure, the more that I keep the commandment of walking in love, the happier I am. Selfish people are miserable people. Selfish people are not the kind of people that walk around with a smile on their face. Selfish people are not joyful. Selfish people are not happy. Listen to these statements. The selfish life is the empty life. The self-centered life is the miserable life. The giving life is the fulfilling life. The unselfish life is the satisfying life. If you want to be happy, live in love. Live to give. Who is the greatest giver that ever, ever gave? The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I'm wondering what it would be like if as a church we lived to bless people. I wonder what our lives would be like individually if we lived just to love people. I'll guarantee you what would happen is you and I would be filled with continuous joy. Hallelujah. And like Brenda was exhorting this morning, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. I have discovered this, that bitterness weakens my body. That unforgiveness will drain me of spiritual strength. On the other hand, I discovered that when I walk in love and when I give things to the Lord, that the joy of the Lord in my life, it just increases more and more. Amen. So he said, now these things I've spoken unto you, that your joy might be full. Now, if your joy level is at a low level, I would check your love gauge. I would check your word gauge. I would check, am I walking in love? Am I holding a grudge? Am I allowing myself to be in an area of unforgiveness toward anyone? Amen? You know what? If you open yourself up to the Lord in that way, the Lord will show it to you. The Lord will reveal it to you. And he will always show you something and reveal something to you for your benefit. So that you can get it out of your life and that you can get back into the arena of the joy of the Lord being your strength. Say this with me. The joy of the Lord is strengthening me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Now, let's look at just one area this morning. Let's look at how then... 
do we keep this commandment of love? There's several ways in the Bible that you can do it. Let's look over at 1 John chapter 3. Notice in verse 16 through 18. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. It says, Hereby we perceive the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay our lives down for the brethren. Verse 17. But whoso keepeth this world's good, and seeth his brother has need, and shuts up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Now read verse 18 with me. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, not just, oh, I love you with the love of the Lord, not just sloppy agape, not just surfacey love, but real love does something. Real love is an action. Notice this again. He says, don't love just in word. But or in tongue, but love in deed and in truth. So when we're keeping this commandment of love, we're doing something, aren't we? Amen? Now, how many of you know there are tons of needs in the world? And aren't you glad that you are not the need meter? But I believe this. God will lead you by His Spirit to be an instrument to see to it that at least a part of that need gets met. That's true. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there, are, there are great needs in the world. There are great needs in the church. But God will lead us by His Spirit to not just be talkers of the Word, but to be doers of the Word. Amen. Let us not love in tongue or in word only, but let us love in deed and in truth. The love of God does something. I'm glad that Jesus didn't just look out around the multitudes that needed healing and shake his said head and say, oh my, my, isn't that awful? I'm glad that he did something about it. I'm glad that he was moved with compassion. Did you know this love on the inside of you will move you? It will move you to speak a word in season over a person's life. This love on the inside of you will move you to lay hands on the sick. This love on the inside of you will move you to do something to see to it that God is glorified and the needs of people are met. Say it with me. I am moved with compassion. See, the Bible talks about being merciful. And merciful there in, in uh, Matthew chapter 5 is compassionate. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful or blessed are the compassionate for they shall obtain mercy. But here's the attitude of a lot of Christians. Yeah, but you don't know the trouble I've seen. You don't know what I'm going through. Things are difficult. Things are tough. My body hurts. My bills are not paid. As long as we live in me, myself, and I, and get so inward to what our needs are, we'll never step out and love others the way that God wants us to love them. Amen. I believe this, that the quickest way to get your need met is to find another person with a need, and by God's grace, go ahead and be an instrument where that need can be met. The Bible says, blessed are the merciful. For they shall obtain mercy. Even in the local church, 
I know that people are busy and I know that the, the community in which we live is real heavy and a lot of traffic and a lot of things to do. We get busy doing this and busy doing that and busy doing this. But, you know, ultimately the Bible says that we are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to us. I believe that in the local church, everyone ought to have a job. Thank you for those two hearty amens. I believe that in the local church, everyone ought to have a place of service. Whether it be a place of prayer, or whether it be a post at the back door, or whether it be in the nursery or in children's church, I believe in this day and in this hour that all hands should be on deck. And I've discovered this, that the happiest people I know, the most joyful people I know, are not inward in their lives, but they're outward. They're ready to serve. They're ready to say, yes, I will do the will of God. I will keep His commandments, and I will walk in love, and the compassion of Jesus is going to flow through me. You want your needs to be met? Go out and meet somebody else's needs. Hallelujah. Say me, I am a giver. Now, look at Romans chapter 12. Romans, the 12th chapter. So it's action. It's doing. We get presented with a lot of needs here in the church. We can't meet everyone's needs, but we can be led by the Spirit. God can lead us. God can guide us. I don't always feel like sending missionaries money. When I look at What's needed in the church. I don't always feel like being a doer. But what's your feelings got to do with it? I've discovered this. If we will do what God has put in our heart to do, that ultimately all needs will be met. My God supplies all our needs. He does it according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And if He does that for the local church, He'll do it for you. Amen. Now, here is one way that we can keep... This awesome, this glorious, this wonderful commandment of love. Let me say these words again to you this morning. The selfish life is the empty life. The self-centered life is the miserable life. The giving life is the fulfilling life. And the unselfish life is the satisfying life. Now look at Romans chapter 12. In verse 9. He says over here, let love be without dissimulation. Now that word dissimulation there means let it be without hypocrisy. Okay? Let it be without hypocrisy. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Notice with me the next verse. Be kindly affectioned, verse 10, to one another. With brotherly love in honor preferring one another in honor preferring one another this god kind of love on the inside of us prefers others now the word prefer there means to go before or to take the lead in showing honor and showing deference to one another Preferring one another is an indication of us walking in this commandment of love. 
Now, the NIV, and you don't need to pull it up there, says it like this. He says, honor one another above yourselves. Then the NLT says it like this. Take delight in honoring one another or in preferring one another. This is the attitude of a brother or a sister that honors another brother or sister. Let me bless you. Oh, no, no, let me bless you. I go out to eat with ministers. I'll tell you what. You've got to get the card to the waitress sometimes days ahead. I mean, you wait till you get to the restaurant before you try to get the card to the waitress. You're not going to make it. Why? Because these men and these women of God have this attitude. Let me bless you. Let me be a blessing to you. No, 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 no. Let me bless you. Let me bless you. That's preferring one another. That's honoring one another. That's showing deference to one another. Amen. Amen. And so, the Apostle Paul is telling us, he's saying to us, in the Word of God, showing deference to one another, take delight in honoring one another. It's a joy to honor a brother or a sister. Last night we had uh, an Opportunity to honor a college graduate. This time of year is a great time to honor our sons and our daughters and our friends that have applied themselves to wisdom, that have applied themselves to knowledge. Did you know that your words and that your life as an elder, your your, uh, encouragement to this younger generation is so very important. You can speak right words over their lives. You can get a card and and slip a 50 in there, or a 20, or a 10, or a 5, or even a 100. I thought I'd hear some bigger amens from the younger one. Honoring one another. Deferring to one another. Blessing one another. Washing one another's feet, if you will. You know, Jesus said, he said, I didn't come to be served. He said, I came to serve. Mm -hmm. He said, I didn't come to be ministered to. He said, I came to minister to you. And we just celebrated the Lord's Supper. And at the Last Supper, Jesus took a towel and a water basin And don't you know, back in those days, they didn't have the kind of concrete that we do today. I mean, those roads were dirt. And those feet were dirty. But Jesus sat them down and began to wash their feet and to serve them and to love them. And I would imagine that as he was washing their feet, he was encouraging them and he was speaking good words over them. And then he said, he said, Guys, I have left you an example that you should follow and that you should do this to one another. Amen. Amen. Did you know that you can wash someone's feet every day? I'm not talking about literally. Now, if the Lord leads you to do it literally, it's an awesome experience. How many of you have ever had your, your feet washed before in a service? It's an awesome experience. So ushers, bring the water basins in right now. (laughs) 
But we can wash one another's feet. We can wash one another's feet with words of love. Words of encouragement. Words of hope. You're going to make it. I know things are tough right now. But I want you to know that I'm praying for you. And that I'm standing with you. Oh, brothers and sisters. That pleases the Lord. That's washing one another's feet. Amen? And so, in honor, preferring one another. Showing deference to one another. Let me bless you. No, 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 no. Let me bless you. I mean, don't fight about it. You, you get in strife. But that's what our attitude should be. My spiritual father, Brother Hagen, many times when he'd get up in the morning, he would say, Lord, make me a blessing. If you have that kind of heart for the Lord to really make you a blessing, you know what he'll do? He will make you a blessing. You will have many opportunities to be a blessing. You see, we are blessed not so that we can be more blessed, but we are blessed in order that we might be a blessing. And you talk about abundance coming your way when you do those kind of things. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord will make you rich and he won't add any sorrow with it. You flow and you operate in the love of God. You will never fail, but you will always succeed in every area of your life. You'll have more than enough. God will see to it. What is that scripture? The inevitable law of giving. Give and it shall be given unto you. How? Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Whoo, glory to God. Sounds like overflow to me. You want an overflow of joy? You want an overflow of strength? You want an overflow of power? You want an overflow of God's goodness flowing in your life? Walk in the love of God. Keep the commandment. You've got ample opportunity to do it. Because there's so many sad people outside these doors. There's so many people that are beat up by the circumstances of life. And oftentimes we get too aloof with them. Lord, make us more cognizant of the people around us. Make us more cognizant and aware of the people that are waiting on us at dinner. More cognizant and more aware and more loving to the people that wait on us in department stores. Amen. You know, I was talking about this to Brenda the other day. We were getting ready to go to Hometown Buffet. We like Hometown Buffet sometimes because they have vegetables. We always go... We always go with the intention of eating vegetables. And then we, we get into the overflow stage. No, not, so, not so much her, but me. You know, you intended to eat that grilled chicken, but oh man, that fried was looking really good. Can I get a witness now? Can somebody help the preacher this morning? <laughs> but we're driving to... to, to to dinner, and I said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be speaking on the love of God. And, and I said, you know, I don't really feel real capable to preach on the love of God because, you know, I know there's areas I'm not walking in love in. And so, you know, it's real easy to feel a little hypocritical, you know, when you, when you stand up there and you, and you talk about, you know, teaching and preaching on the love of God. And, and uh, you know, every time you point your finger, you got three pointing back this way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend George. In case you didn't hear it, you're a good example. 
But, uh, you know, I, and, and Brenda and I were talking about it. She says, oh, no. She says, you do really good. She says, now, one area. <laughs> and that's okay because we, were, we have that kind of relationship where we can be honest with one another. I mean, the weekend was young. I didn't have to talk to her for the whole weekend after that. No, no I'm teasing. And, and she talked about a certain area in my life, and it just, it was true, you know? It was true. It was an area of being impatient. Now, I know that no one in this auditorium has ever been impatient. But you know what? We can cultivate patience. We can cultivate long-suffering. The Bible says that in your patience, ye will possess your souls. Now, if you're impatient, you might lose your soul. <laughs> but if you want to keep peace and want to maintain a spirit of joy in your life, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that love is patient. Love endures long. And love is kind. I wonder what life would be like for us if we just were a little kinder. If we were just a little bit more patient. If we just endured a little bit longer and a little bit better. Amen? Now here's one way that you can keep this before you. Is you can start making a confession of faith from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I want us to do that. And I want us to look at that in the Amplified verses 4 through 8. We just are introducing this subject. If you don't want to hear about love, you better find another church. Because we're going to hear about it for a while. Corinthians says, let charity or let love be your greatest aim. He said this, let all things be done with charity or with love. Think about it. Everything we do must be done with love. You know what that includes? That includes Facebook posts. That includes writing emails. Let everything be done with love. That includes fast food restaurants when you can't understand the speaker. That includes not going to Wanda on a parking lot when three other people want the same spot. Everything we do must be done in love. Does that include being nice to people who vote differently than you? Everything you do must be done in love. Does that include Washington, D.C.? Everything, every word must be done in the love of God. Let's stand to our feet. Let's make a confession as we Talk about the love of God this month. Let's get serious about it. Raise your right hand toward heaven and say this with me. I endure long. I am patient. And I'm kind. I'm never envious. 
nor boil over with jealousy. I'm not boastful or vainglorious. I do not display myself haughtily. Verse 5. I'm not conceited. I'm not arrogant. I'm not inflated with pride. I don't strut. I give God all the glory for all the good things He's done in my life. I am not rude. I'm not rude. I do not insist in my own rights or my own way. I'm not selfish. I'm loving. I'm not touchy. I'm not friendful. I'm not resentful. I take no account of the evil done to me. I'm keeping the commandment of love. Next verse. I don't rejoice when at un- injustice and unrighteousness, but I rejoice when right and truth prevail. I bear up under anything and everything. Oh man, this is a big one. I'm ever ready to believe the worst. Have we ever done that? Oh yeah, we've all done it. But the love of God believes the best. Believes the best. Believes the best of every person. I believe the Lord just inspired me with this thought years ago. Son, believe the best and leave the rest. Now say this real strong. My hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. And I endure everything without weakening. I never fail. I purpose in my heart to keep the commandment of love. Preferring my brother. Preferring my sister. Lord, let your love flow through me in the marketplace. I purpose in my heart not only to love in word, but also in my actions. How many of you are doers of the word? Amen. Let's give the Lord a big praise today. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. So we're keeping this commandment of love.